This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budget, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow, all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. Head to NetSuite.com slash C-Suite for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. This podcast is produced by podcastandradio.com. Small Biz. Small Biz America. The Brain. Our guest on this segment is a top tax attorney who practiced as a CPA before becoming a tax attorney. Steve Moskowitz has spent more than 30 years with one goal in mind, to help businesses, entrepreneurs, and individuals successfully navigate an incredibly complex tax code to legalize, minimize, or avoid taxes that will be paid by those who are less informed. He's got three decades of practical and in-depth experience, and Steve has earned a reputation as a respected authority on a variety of tax, legal, and accounting matters, and has been quoted by the New York Times and CNN Money, among others. Joining us on the line from San Francisco, headquarters for Moskowitz LLC is Steve Moskowitz. Steve, welcome to the program. Thanks, and it's Moskowitz LLP. And okay. there's so much that I want to tell your listeners. I mean, I could take all day, but you told me, you know, I should take a little less than that. And one of the first things I'd like to talk to them about is it's very common that people are deducting home mortgage interest. Mm -hmm. And for the returns that we're doing right now in 2018 for the 2017 tax year, we are still under the old law, which allowed you to write off the interest on principal of a million dollars. For 2018, the next year, they'll be filed in 2019. For any new homes purchased after January 1st, 2018, that drops down to 750, three quarters of a million. However, there's a very important case. It's the Voss case, V-O-S-S. Okay. And what happened in Voss is that Voss and his girlfriend lived together. They bought a house together, and they both deducted the interest on the principal. So they went up to two million rather than the one million. The IRS said, "Hey, what are you trying to do here? You right. can't do that." And the IRS maintained that the million dollar limitation was per house. The tax court agreed with Mr. Voss and said, no, it was per taxpayer. So this is very, very important. Think of all the people that have mortgages that are more than a million dollars. And it's very common that people live together now and buy a house together. That being the case, that opens the door. So if you have a situation where you have someone who is deducting mortgage interest now, effectively, they can deduct the mortgage interest on $2 million of principal if each one has a million. That would also be true for the upcoming cases for people in this year, even when it's 750 plus 750 It's certainly better to deduct the interest on a million and a half 
than just on 750. Now, interestingly, though, if Mr. Voss proposed marriage to his lady friend and they got married, they'd be back down to the one million or 750. So that would be a reason why Mr. Voss would not want to marry his lady love at the moment. <laughs> right. So if they're, if they're in joint tenancy or some other uh, type of structure in terms of the ownership of the house, it's permissible. Basically, they both yeah. own the house and they're both on the mortgage. Okay, great. Thank you, Steve. And All right, great. That's my pleasure. But again, that will affect so many people. Mm-hmm. And there's other things, too. For example, if you put up solar panels, you get a 30% credit. And let's talk about the difference between a credit and deduction. Okay. A credit is dollar for dollar. So that means if, say, you put up $10,000 worth of solar paneling, you'd have a $3,000 credit. Suppose your taxes were $3,200. That would mean that you would take the $3,200 minus $3,000. You'd only have to pay the IRS the 200 bucks. That's much different than a deduction because, first of all, for most deductions, you have to go ahead and itemize deductions. Next, a deduction is only good for your tax rate. So even if you're in the top tax rate, which approximates half, you would only have a deduction for half of that amount. So that's why a credit is so much better than a deduction. Wow. Wow, indeed. Yeah, taxes get me excited, too. That's, that's It is exciting. All right, so, so when possible... Take the tax credit. Absolutely. Another thing we want to take a look at is HSAs, health savings accounts. Yep. With these, this is where you can get a tax deduction, setting up an account to handle medical expenses. And it's beautiful because, you know, you really can't deduct medical expenses for a lot of people because they don't meet the requirements because it has to be more than 7.5% of your adjusted gross income. Okay. But here, this is a way around it because you're getting a tax deduction. And then when you need to use the money, you go ahead, take it out, and it's not income to you. So, and people can set those up. Another thing that's real good is pensions, because especially if you're self-employed, you can make tremendous deductions with pensions. And one of the beauties is say, oh, Steve, this is, this is great stuff, but I'm listening to this in 2018 and I'm preparing my 27 tax return and I wish that I had known this because I could save taxes on 2017. I'd say, ah, don't lose heart, good news. A lot, not all, but a lot of the pensions you can set up in 2018 and as long as you fund them by the filing of the return, including extension. So that's, that gets us to into three quarters of the year into 2018 as long as you fund it by them, you can go ahead and deduct it off your 2017 tax return. So again, one of the benefits in listening to your podcast is to say, not only can I save money for the 2018 year, but I can save money for the 2017. I'm saving money all over the place. Okay, beautiful. Steve Moskowitz, uh, once again, the website, MoskowitzLLP.com. That's M-O-S-K-O-W-I-T-Z-L-L-P.com. Let's continue. This is fabulous. Well, thank you. There's a lot of other things. Now, another thing is sometimes people run into a problem where they just can't pay their taxes. The IRS has gotten a lot stricter there. And one of the things they do, if you owe more than $51,000, they'll take your passport. Wow. And you 
wow indeed. Yeah, yeah, a flight risk kind of a moment. Wait a minute. I don't want to do that, but there's a way around that. Oh, okay. We can reach and agree. Now, the first thing is we'd like to stop the IRS from doing that, and we can by making an agreement. However, if they've already taken your passport, and that's a bad thing to happen, but if they've already taken your passport, we can get it back for you by making a deal. So those are some things that we should watch out for. Steve, sorry to interrupt. That was 51,000 owed or more? Right, 51,000 That, would, that would be the condition under which currently they, the IRS would take your passport. Yes. Okay. Yes. Started out in the previous year at 50, and it was adjusted for inflation. Now it's up to 51. Got it. And the other thing is there is a plethora of miscellaneous itemized deductions. And folks, use them because this is the last year you're going to have them because in a new law, they were taken away. So for filing, a lot of people get confused with that. Right now in 2018, you're filing the 2017 tax returns. With an exception, the law pretty, well, a couple of exceptions, the law pretty, the new tax law pretty much starts January 1st, 2018. One of the exceptions is the government got more generous with depreciation. There's something called bonus depreciation, which is now 100%. It was raised from 50%. And bottom line is, except for buildings, if you want pretty much everything now, you don't have to depreciate. You can deduct it in the initial year, which is beneficial to most taxpayers. This started September 27th, 2017. So it's a provision in the new tax law that became effective September 27th, 17. And also there's another provision that becomes effective 1119. And watch out for this one. It's, it is radically changing what happens when you pay spousal support. That's the formal term, spousal support. Most people know it by the older term, alimony. You know, alimony had always been a deduction for the payor, whether you itemized or not, and income for the payee. Mm-hmm. That's reversing. Effect of 1119, if you receive alimony, it is tax-free. If you pay alimony, it's no longer a tax deduction. And for most middle-class people, the tax part of a divorce is what makes these payments just about doable for most people. A lot of people are really stretched in our country right now yes. in the middle class. Yes. And the bottom line is they just barely can get through saving the taxes. If you don't know that and your divorce lawyer is not a tax lawyer, if he doesn't know that and you agree to that and you think you're going to have a tax deduction and you don't, that's a killer. So the bottom line is for those of you that are in the process of divorce right now, you want to understand that gigantic change that's going to be effective one one nineteen. Now, there's all kinds of things that we can deduct. Basically, any type of money that you spend for business, even if you're an employee, that's not reimbursed by your employer. It's a miscellaneous itemized deduction as it exceeds 2% of your adjusted gross income. But a lot of people are able to do this. And we talk about business use of your car, business use of your home. And also, another thing that's changing, the casualty and theft losses, if someone steals from you, you get a tax deduction from that. Or if you have a fire or a flood, this is the last year to do it because next year for the 2018 returns filed in 2019, that's been taken away unless the area 
is designated a presidential disaster area. So watch out for that. Steve, quick question on uh, self-employed individuals uh, and deductions. How does the new standardized deduction, I think it's 24,000 now, how does that affect the business owner? Is it simply if you don't have itemized uh, deductions that would total more than 24,000 well, for not, the standard? That's not going to affect the business owner. That's going to affect individuals. So if you're in a business, okay, this, is this new law right. really, really helps. My, my favorite area is 199A. With 199A, you will only pay tax on 80% of your qualified business income subject to phase-outs and or limitations. So just think about it. If you make 100 grand, how would you like to legally pay tax on only 80 of it? How about that? Yeah. But you have to be able to qualify. And here, for the first time in American history, it makes a difference what you do for a living because there are specified businesses, for example, doctors and lawyers and some others, that are subject to phase-outs. And if you make more than a certain amount of money, mm-hmm. then this benefit is not for you. But there's a way around it. And the way around it, if you're in a specified group, is to see if you can split your business into different segments some of which would not be subject to these limitations. For example, if you're a medical doctor and you split the business so you're doing a portion of the business that's not medical, what, what it, would that be? For example, yeah. the billing, employee leasing, the right. equipment, some doctors right. sell products, because all of those would not be subject to the phase-out rules, although they would be subject to the limitation rules, but they can be gotten around merely by paying yourself some wages. And that's why some people might have to change the entity in which they're doing business, say from one entity to an S corporation or another type of entity that will be a pass-through. That is a tremendous one. Again, think about it. How would you like to pay taxes on only 80% of your income instead of 100%? Right, right. And if uh, so this phase-out rule and this whole area that you just there's a lot to unpack there, and we're not going to do it here. That's why folks should reach out to MoskowitzLLP.com. If you wanted to phone us, that's 888-TAX-DEAL. That's 888-T-A-X-D-E-A-L. So we're happy to talk to you on the phone, or we're happy to talk to you through the website. Excellent. Thanks. Steve, anything else we should cover uh, as we wind down this segment together? Could I have all day? Yeah, let's, uh, let's, it's 